said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today, especially my father, whose birthday is today. I want to say happy birthday. And um, happy birthday to my dad. And also, Joanne, whose birthday was two days ago, but they're all celebrating with their friend, Larry and Marge, down in South Carolina. And they're going to have a, a hoot. Uh, you know, a shindig. And uh, it's going to be nice. But, you know, it's funny. Um, one of my father's best friends in the area is not only shares the same birthday as my father, um, but they also uh, share the same anniversary, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a coincidence. So they're all retired down in the Myrtle Beach area, and they're going to have a great day today, and I wish them well, and happy birthday. All right, so that's how we're going to start the show today, and then we have so much to cover. Whew, it's a lot. And, um, you know, there's just, you know, I wrote this, uh, I wrote this tweet because uh, I was thinking just sort of like in the aggregate and I was just thinking about all these th- these problems that we're having. And I was thinking about Pete Buttigieg and, you know, the Biden crime family and this perpetual cycle of injustice and the two standards of justice and the criminals seem to be in charge of the investigations and nobody ever gets uh, arrested. If you're Ghislaine Maxwell, you're going to get arrested, but none of the Johns, none of the people on the list, on the Epstein list, are are going to be uh, prosecuted. They're all getting away with it. And half of them are so old that they could just kick the can down the road until they're dead. You know, um, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Bill Clinton or uh, um, George Mitchell. And, and all these other politicians that gain power through government. 
Oh, it's just it's just a, absolutely outrageous. Which tells me one thing. It tells me that election fraud has been going on for a, quite a long time. Election fraud has been going on for a long time. How else is it that we could have such corrupt leadership in our country? A country such as America. I think that the founding fathers, you know, built in a lot of mechanisms to protect us from what we're experiencing today. But I think that as, you know, 200 years, you know, keep in mind, many of the founding fathers were 18 to 24 years old. They were super smart and they wrote such a great document. But I don't think the document accounted for the treasonous behavior. I don't think that they could have imagined the amount of treason that would come with someone like a, a Barack Hussein Obama. And I, I don't think that they understood the dynamics of, say, a PSYOPs program like MKUltra and how you can actually, you know, uh, the, all these market studies and, you know, marketing is a social science and how you can control behavior based on messaging. And I think that the Sololinsky disciples and the Cloward and Pivens of the world were really about manipulating the minds. That's why you see Democrats so hell-bent on manipulating the minds of our youth by uh, transgender storytelling and LBGTQ, um, basically uh, political militias. I mean, they're, they're, they're basically militant groups at this point, where if you disagree with anything that they say, they will try to ruin your life. It may not be physical, you know, because they're not the toughest tools in the shed, but they are tools. They just don't even realize what a tool they are because they're being played by the Democrat leadership, who happens to be the people that they say they hate the most, the white males. And that's the same. The same goes through for goes the the work study program or the uh, the apprentice program to what we're seeing play out in the trans and LGBT, L, the gay community. Is uh, was the Black America? How they bought that Black America? They bought the Black Americans. I put them on social welfare. Put them on. Um, supplemental housing and put them in a corral. They've done it with the American Indians too, with the reservations. It's basically putting a pacifier in the child's mouth and expecting them to learn something. No, the way you learn, the way you is by teaching and, and teaching solid lessons. The way you learn is by losing. The way you learn is by winning. But the way you learn is from equality. You could take it to sports. You know, nobody wants equity in sports. Who's going to watch that game? We want equality. We want a fair shake in life. We want the government to stay out of our way, get off our lane, stop roadblocking us, and allow us to compete. Because the middle class can compete with anybody so long as the government 
stays out of its way, but the elites with their money have bought the government and the government then gets in your way to protect the elites so that they don't have to share the wealth or the neighborhood with the lower classes. It's been going on since the Vanderbilts and the Golden Age and the Gilded Age where there you have the haves and the have-nots and the elites and the aristocrats. They act like they care about you, but they don't want you anywhere near their living room. They'll open the borders so long as those people that are living there aren't in Martha's Vineyard. How dare you fly them to Martha's Vineyard? They got rid of that problem real quick. And did you see the media ever cover that story? Not really. That story lived and died for about 24 hours. They were gone lickety-split. Sad but true. The hypocrisy knows no bounds. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So... I wrote this tweet just just right before the show. I just wanted to document it because I wanted to share it with you. So I wrote it down in a tweet. I said, America is not elected. Uh, No, (laughs) I didn't say that. I can't read my own writing. I said, America is not electing its best and brightest. And the only explanation is systematic election fraud. Take the U.S. Postal Service. Can't compete with FedEx and UPS. There were smarter ways to bring down the balloons. And it was a stupid idea to slow burn the toxic spill in East Palestine. That poor mayor of East Palestine. That guy. He's in over his head. And, And the thing is, is that, you know, I know towns like that. I grew up in a town neighboring East Palestine. I know exactly what that's that's like. I grew up there. And you got a high school buddy that you used to drink beers with that, you know, probably isn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but somehow he's well-liked in town and got to be mayor, you know? And, uh, and here he is in the national spotlight. And you got a big, huge company like Norfolk Southern that's just rich as rich as Midas. I mean, Norfolk Southern makes a thousand times more money thanks to Warren Buffett and thanks to Vanguard and thanks to BlackRock, who are their key investors in transporting these oils and chemicals. That's why they don't want the Keystone Pipeline, by the way. Because the Keystone Pipeline cuts into the train business. And the train business has an advantage and a disadvantage against the pipeline. What are those? We always talked about how dirty trains are and how the pipelines are more efficient for oil. But the one thing that the train does that the pipeline doesn't do is it transports not only oil, but it also transports chemicals 
and other uh, flammable gases and, and poisons and, and toxic chemicals and things like that. So the train does do certain things that the pipeline could never do. But the trains wouldn't be able to do that for long if more than half their business of shipping oil got cut out by a pipeline. So therein lies the rub, right? That BlackRock and Vanguard and, and Warren Buffett are going to protect their investment in transfer transport of oil via train. Because it's not... and and. Some people can see the light on that and say, well, if we put the trains out of business, we're not going to get the chemicals to move. You know, it's going to hurt or it's going to be very expensive for those industries. So there are problems. Yes. But and and you have to think about it from that spectrum. I had never said that before. And actually, I never thought of it before today. But, you know, there is that side of it. It's always the case when you when you peel an onion on an argument and you get both sides, it's, it's quite interesting what you come up with. And you wonder why certain politicians don't make the Hobson's choice, you know, or the binary choice, you know, A or B, and it's not always A or B. Uh, depending on if you choose B, it has a set of dominoes and, and unexpected con- consequences. And and the same thing is true with A. And so there's always pros and cons to every problem. And certain uh, issues that don't look like problems become problems when you have to dissect and figure out the ripple effect to these things. But that being said, I'm going to read it again. America is not electing its best and brightest. And the only explanation is systematic election fraud. It's the only way we can explain how politicians are getting, are, are in charge. I mean, Pete Buttigieg, 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 um, and then um, Joe Biden. And you can go on down the list. Half the people in Congress can't even barely spell their name. Maxine Waters, Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, they're all fakes and hypocrites. Remember, Casio Cortez was standing in front of a fence, acting like she cared about the uh, people in cages, <laughs> and and then they took a wide shot of it, and she was overlooking an empty parking lot, and she was staged the whole thing. I would love to have a nonprofit where we could go out and just film a wider angle of a staged event that Casio Cortez puts in, sort of like the behind the scenes stuff to see how. The sausage is really made because it's so such lies. But the U.S. Postal Service can't compete with FedEx or UPS. There, there were smarter ways to bring down the balloons, and it was stupid slow burn. They, they, what, the, what I think they should have done was they should have put powder on the fire or, or put it out with water or something like that to put the fire out and contain the chemicals. But to choose to do a slow burn, which is what all their experts said to do, was the wrong choice. You take a look at COVID, for example. The masks didn't work. The vaccines don't work. Everything was a lie. And you wonder why 
We have the stupidest people in charge of some of the most important historical events in our lifetime. And it's because of election fraud that we hire these losers that then engage in cronyism and pay-to-play schemes to get more corruption into the government. And I believe this started in earnest. Well, no, I can't say that. The Bushes are a good example of where it all started, but you can go back beyond that. There was corruption since the beginning of time, since the Romans, before our government was even established. But, you know, I I will say in the modern era, I think that Barack Obama really had a disdain hatred for America. And I think that they exploited America for all it was worth, and they got rich from it. It was a business for them. And they were just grifters. You know, there's a lot of people that stand on those podiums because they want to be in charge, because they want the media attention. They want to get more Twitter followers. They know that if they can get a million followers, they're going to be set. They know that if they can get in charge of funding, they can actually take that funding like the Clinton Foundation, spent about 10% on good causes, and 90% was spent on office furniture. Uh, Take the RNC right now. You know, look at all the plastic surgery that Ronna McDaniel got. She certainly got herself a good new trainer, and she's all about cosmetics and looks. I hear she spends hundreds of thousands of dollars on furniture and luxuries, flies private, the whole thing. You know, because the RNC is nothing but a slush fund. And a lot of these nonprofits, every athlete sets up a foundation. DeMar Hamlin, for example, got $10 million to his, based on his little tragedy that he's exploiting to the hilt. And uh, it was um, the guy who took a knee, Kaepernick, right? He got millions of dollars from Nike. It pays to be the face of a cause. And too often people set up these non-profit foundations to use them as slush funds. And we don't do that at magapack.org and buglecall.org. We have a treasurer and they... Uh, we we oversee everything we do is regulated by our board and we have a board of seven people and it's uh, high, highly integrity high integrity and what we do is we push we we do our research and we push our message and we make a difference and we facilitate discussion And that's what we're about. But the U.S. Postal Service runs, it's run like a, like something out of the, you know, the Stone Ages. I mean, they just got morons running and working at the U.S. Post Office. Just look at all the stupid filing systems and and ripped up cardboard boxes and tape everywhere. I mean, it's like that in every U.S. Postal Service. It's not lack of funding. It's lack of management. It's lack of leadership. You take the East Palestine slow burn, wrong decision. You take the COVID response. Everything about the COVID response was built on 
profiteering, kickbacks, and corruption. There's nothing about it that had integrity. And we're supposed to stick a jab in our arm. And like I told you the earlier in the week, there was a woman in Australia that couldn't get a transplant because she wasn't vaccinated. You take the ballot, uh, the, you know, you take the um, response to the balloons. The balloons. Can, couldn't we have just put a pinhole in that thing, put a net around it and put some weighted weights on the net and just dropped it to the ground? I heard rumors that there, uh, well, I saw a report where the three or four of them, uh, balloons though, after the big balloon, uh, they got no debris whatsoever. And so people started wondering, is it a UFO? And then, of course, they dispelled that. Is it a distraction to distract away from the, the court filings in Pfizer and some other things that are going on, like the Nord Stream 2 uh, reveal and the uh, misinformation that's coming out or disinformation that's coming out. It's dis uh, with Mark Milley saying that Russia's losing when they're winning and Kiev is engaged in bioweaponry. Uh, which is a violation of human rights. And blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline uh, that Biden approved was the worst water catastrophe in the history of mankind. Yet these same monsters, these same, same criminals are all about climate and environmental, you know, this and that as they fly around their private jets and blow up pipelines with methane gas going all over the ocean. And now they got this stupid response to East Palestine. Obviously, these are the biggest morons. You know why they're morons? They're criminals. And they're really not good at what they do. They're not smarter than you. By any stretch of the imagination, they're not even close. But they're in charge. They control the bullets, which is why they want to take your bullets away. They want to de-arm you, disarm you. They want to take your right to bear arms away from you. And they say, that's not about hunting. It's like, no, it's about protecting my butt against yours, you dummy. It's like, yeah, I don't trust you. Look at you. You can't even complete full sentences, Joe Biden. Right? I mean, why should I disarm myself against a guy like you? Oh, because you have F-16s, he says? You need, need more than a gun to protect yourself against me. I got the jets. You know, he did say that, right? He was on videotape basically threatening Americans <laughs> with their own weapons that we own. But somehow, because he holds the keys, he got elected in air quotes and again it goes right back to election integrity we got to get rid of the ballot harvesters we got to get rid of the mail-in balloting we got to get rid of the late counting if you get if your vote doesn't get counted by midnight on election day then all bets are off if you're going to do this mail-in balloting stuff it's got to be you can't well no it just it shouldn't be if you, everybody needs to show up and vote unless they have a good excuse and they apply and get an absentee ballot. 
and jump through a whole bunch of hoops, then you're going to have to show up and vote. And if that means that we need to call Election Day a holiday, then that's exactly what we should do. Because I don't care how much, ex- uh, how much impact it has negatively on the economy to take a day off. Most people who take a day off work during that day through their phone anyway. We have a remote working. They didn't have any problem doing that over COVID. And we know how ineffective that was. In fact, it was detrimental to your health to stay inside like a Petri dish during the time of COVID, if there even was such a thing. But the vaccine was a joke. And we're learning more and more as we go. And by the way, nothing for nothing, but you know, speaking of the East Palestine train derailment, there was another derailment in Houston. There was another derailment in South Carolina. Uh, there was a de- derailment in Tucson. There were four derailments in the last two weeks. How do you explain that? All of them pretty much had toxic chemicals on them. How do you explain this? Is Pete Buttigieg asleep at the job? Isn't this transportation under the umbrella of transportation? Of course it is. But get this. This is what concerns me even more, folks. Antifa deleted post. This was a 2017 report, okay? Does Antifa have something to hide? Washingtonians were shaken by a deadly train derailment on Monday. This is 2017, December 19th, 2017, this report. An Amtrak train carrying 80 passengers, uh, let's see, 80 passengers and headed south to Port, uh, what? Oh, Washington State, I guess, uh, headed south to Portland, Oregon, from Seattle, careened off a bridge outside Tacoma. At least three were killed in the crash and several were injured. Okay. So it says here, far left watch. Earlier this year, a prominent Antifa website published an article tacking credit, taking, okay, it does say tacking, but it must be taking credit for the sabotage of train tracks in Olympia, Washington. In this article, they claim to have poured concrete on the tracks it has since been deleted. All right. So what are the what's what's happening? And by the way, again, I say this and I posted this in my Twitter feed. And by the way, if you want to check out our latest podcast, go to scottadamshow.com. And also there is a link to all of our social media. So just go to scottadamshow.com. But if you want to follow me on Twitter because I posted this on Twitter, um, and I'm banned. Um, I'm sort of banned on Facebook again for 90 days. Um, I can post, but it goes to the bottom. It's crazy. Uh, Facebook. And I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna play the clip that I played earlier this week that got me banned. Okay, and you be the judge. And we're gonna do that in a little bit. But um, I'm at Scott Adams Show on Twitter. So Antifa.com goes to. Whitehouse.gov. If you just type in Antifa.com, it goes to the White House website. Now, I know a lot about internet stuff, networking, and I'm an IT guy. And I can tell you that they could block the Antifa.com from doing that in a second, in one second. Just open up the HT access and block it. That's it. 
simple. So it's it's quite simple. You can block it any six ways till Sunday. There's firewalls and all kinds of things. You can block it every which way. That doesn't need to happen. They're allowing that to happen. They're sending out a message saying Antifa's with us. But Antifa could be derailing these trains is what I'm saying because they're on record. And if that's the case, they need to be declared a domestic terror group. Well, they already should be. Black Lives Matter and Antifa are the most violent groups we've ever seen since the Weather Underground, which was also a radically left-wing group. And it just so happens that the leader of that group, Bill Ayers, was best buddies with Barack Hussein Obama. In fact, Barack launched his political career for the U.S. Senate at Bill Ayers' house. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. So here's the um, report that got me banned. And uh, we're going to get into playing certain clips now. Um, I got one on um, ivermectin and vaccines. And uh, this was my favorite I'm going to play the one that got me banned first. Okay, let's take a listen to this. All right. Um, so this is uh, this is the one that got me banned on Facebook. You tell me. Now this is about the uh, North America uh, agreement. Uh, you, it's basically a North America Union, American Union. It's sort of like the European Union, and it's probably the reason why they want to open up the borders. But I do find it interesting that. The southern border is open, but the northern border is closed. Why do we have no flood coming from northern, from Canada and our Canadian border? But we have hundreds of thousands of people coming through uh, per week or something. Um, You know, record numbers coming through the southern border. Why is that? Drugs? Corrupt governments? Ah, Who knows? But let's take a listen. Did you know that the United States of America, as you know it, no longer exists? And I don't mean this theoretically. I mean this as in on January 10th, 2023, while no one was paying attention, Joe Biden signed away our sovereignty as a nation when he met with President of Mexico, Manuel Lopez Obrador, and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Mexico City to sign the Declaration of North America. You can find the release on the White House website, wh.gov, which ironically, right now, has a photo on the front page of these three individuals I just mentioned. I'm sure once this goes out to the masses, they will reconsider being so obvious and bragging about what they've done. They've completed what their plan has always been, the North American Union, a declaration separate and outside of the Constitution. Their intentions have been to further give away American interests to organizations like the World Health Organization. It is what some people call globalism, a single market, a single regulator, a single currency, a one world government. It is critical that people in uniform, including law enforcement and military, understand that they are no longer employed by the United States of America. They are becoming mercenaries, working for a non-sovereign who is paying them to control us and stop us from securing our rights, freedoms, and borders. Unfortunately, they know that only a small number of Americans will read the Declaration, yet it spells out their intent of the role of government 
in all of our lives. Maybe I will read it to you in a future video, but here are some things that you need to consider. One, if you have no country, what rights do you have and how does one assert them? Two, what does the oath of office mean if your country no longer exists? Three, if you're fighting for your country and your country no longer exists, who are you fighting for? Four, if selected, non-elected people are making policy that destroys our country, then how and why are we supporting their efforts? Five, who are we paying taxes to and why? Six, if you're abiding laws that never went through the legitimate process of lawmaking like this declaration, then what are you really doing? Seven, if there are people that can take our livelihood through arbitrary rule like COVID lockdowns, then what else can they take from us? Eight, if you were coerced, fooled, or forced to take the gene mutating agents, what rights did you have? Nine, what rights do we have now and moving forward? 10, what are we going to do about it? I can assure you that if you succumb to and abide by the replacement of a highly portable and recognized medium of exchange, i.e. cash, with central bank issued digital currency, then you will lose any ability whatsoever to control any single facet of life other than its end. How do we protect ourselves, our families, humanity, and its future from what is to come? The next pandemic is already in the works. How will you respond? Their motto is Ordo Ab Cao, order from chaos. Please think carefully about not falling into the trap they've set awaiting prey. This is extremely troubling and there is no help on the way. We must work together to save ourselves. We must work together to safeguard the American dream, the constitution, our freedoms and our future by ensuring the resilience and security of our Republic. We must leverage us, the American people, our involvement, experience, expertise, our community leaders, governors, and elected and non-elected public servants. We can no longer ignore social, moral, and political collapse occurring right in front of us. Believe what you see, not what you hear. We must move our political discourse from the emotional to the logical and practical to resolve the subversion of our Republic via our own systems, education, governance, justice, and national security. I will continue to put out more information all right, so there you go. And I, I think that's a powerful statement. And, uh, of course, Facebook banned it. They took it down. This was one of my favorite. I played this earlier in the week, and I'm playing it again uh, today. Um, to me, this was uh, the best Seymour Hirsch, Cy Hirsch uh, uh, analysis. I mean, it's basically a, a summation. But it's so concise and so well done um, that I wanted to play it because it's going to cue up the next thing I'm going to share with you, which is that the Nord Stream pipeline really may, oh, well, I don't want to say really, I want to say may, have had more to do with Germany than, than anything else. And uh, the next piece I'm going to play is going to be about that. But this is the setup to that. All right. So uh, let's take a listen to this. This was, to me, one of the best summations of the Nord Stream pipeline, blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline, how it happened, what, when it happened, and why it happened. 
It's 2021. The U.S. and NATO are already irritated by the Nord Stream 1 gas pipeline because they see it as a threat to Western dominance. And now Nord Stream 2 was nearing completion, which would double the amount of cheap Russian gas flowing to Germany. Something had to be done. And this is how it went down, according to a source with direct knowledge of the operational planning. So, Joe Biden authorizes his national security advisor to create a group to come up with a plan to get rid of the pipelines. By the end of the year, Jake Sullivan convenes a meeting of a new task force. Men and women from the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the CIA, and the State and Treasury Departments. They hold several top-secret meetings in the building right next to the White House. And during their brainstorming sessions, the Navy, for example, proposes using a newly commissioned submarine to assault the pipeline directly. The Air Force discusses dropping bombs that could be set off remotely. And the CIA just argued that whatever was done had to be done covertly. The CIA director at the time, William Burns, authorizes an agency working group to craft a plan for a covert operation that would use deep-sea divers to trigger an explosion along the pipeline. Early 2022, the CIA working group reports back to Sullivan's intra-agency group, we have a way to blow up the pipelines. Meanwhile, a few slip-ups. Um, with regard to Nord Stream 2, uh, we continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations uh, with our German allies, and I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We we will bring an end to it. The group is surprised over Biden's and Newland's indiscretions and are wondering what it means for their mission. The CIA's William Burns apparently said, "Do it." But how and when? Well, that's when Norway enters the picture. In March, a few members of the American team fly there to meet with the Norwegian Secret Service and Navy. The Norwegian Navy finds the right spot for the explosives and a way to camouflage them so the Russian Navy doesn't spot them. Norway apparently also suggests the ideal cover to plant the mines during the annual NATO exercises in the Baltic Sea, which take place in June. June 2022, the NATO exercises begin and the mines are planted. The White House starts having doubts about its genius plan and asks if the mines can be detonated at a later date, so it doesn't look obvious that they did it. The Americans in Norway now have a new problem. They have to find a way to do it. The explosives could be triggered by a sonar buoy dropped by a plane at short notice. It would emit a sequence of unique low-frequency tonal sounds that would be recognized by the timing device and trigger the explosives. On September 26, 2022, a Norwegian Navy PA surveillance plane makes a seemingly routine flight and drops a sonar buoy. A few hours later, the high-powered C4 explosives are triggered, and the rest is history. Yeah, that, <laughs> that sounds very plausible. Um, I think it's uh, quite interesting, that analysis. And that analysis is based on 
the research from Cy Hirsch or Seymour Hirsch. And I thought that was a very interesting piece. Now, I want to play this clip because this clip gets into, well, you know, about the sonar buoys and things like that. But it gets into the dynamics of who this attack was really on. Was it on Germany? Because if you think about it, Trump was very upset about Germany collecting, uh, receiving oil from Russia. And it very well could have been that Germany was going to, because see, Germany, Gazprom is a big player in the Nord Stream business. And they were pushing NATO oil through Poland, uh, through a different alternative pipeline. But Germany was tied to their former president was Johard Schroeder. And Schroeder is the head of Gazprom and has great ties within the political infrastructure of Germany. Very powerful man, Schroeder. And so Schroeder was, you know, basically received, had an oil deal with Russia. And so Germany was the most strong, well, not only is Germany the strongest economy in NATO, but they were also the ones in charge of oil coming from Russia. They were in charge of the Russian oil. And they were going to be the power broker of all that was going on there. And by taking Nord Stream out, basically took away the leverage from Schroeder and the Germans in that area. And so that gave America more power and control and influence over the Ukrainian-Russian conflict. And then what happens is, um, if you look at this exercise, this could have this could be considered to be an attack against a NATO ally, and it was covert. And the United States did it. Think about that. Get your head around that. That that's a crazy, crazy theory. But it's more than a theory. Apparently, uh, there there's a lot of documentations associated with that. Like it's not a conspiracy theory to say that, because everything I just told you, in fact, happened. That Germany was hurt financially by this and now people are freezing to death in Europe the, uh, so take a listen to this this is uh, this analysis is is also regurgitated here take a listen destruction of the Nord Stream pipeline pipeline uh, mr. Hirsch well known of course uh, me massacre Pentagon papers and now this uh, reports that uh, the president and American intelligence discussed this more than a year ago, that in fact the um, explosives were planted there by Navy SEALs before February uh, 24, uh, and then Joe Biden gave uh, the order for them to blow it up. In my view, from a legal perspective, this is an act of war against a well-documented um, uh, ally Germany, 
and against a fanciful, because I don't believe they're enemies at all, enemy, Russia, but an act of war nevertheless. What do you say, Scott? Well, first of all, I have to start off, uh, and you would appreciate this uh, being a judge, with full disclosure. Um, I'm very good friends with Cy Hirsch. We've been friends for a quarter of a century. Okay. And um, I'm have... a big fan of Cy's, whether I agree with him on politics or not. I'm a yeah. big fan of his courage and his extraordinary uh, professionalism. And this is the point I want to make. Uh, first of all, I had no idea this uh, this story was coming. Uh, Cy didn't talk to me about it. I don't know anything about his sourcing, etc. I would just say this, in the 25 years that I've known him, um, what I know is that he's not a single source guy. There's a lot of people out there saying he only has one unnamed source. Trust me, Cy Hirsch doesn't work on one source. Cy Hirsch works on multiple sources, and Cy Hirsch is a man who is plugged into the Washington, D.C. scene as anybody out there. So if he's reporting it, it's darn good reporting you can take to the bank. Now, a lot of people focused on the uh, sexy stuff, the explosives, the the, the signal coming from the sonic buoy, et cetera. But you hit you hit the nail on the head, Judge. Uh, the most explosive part of this is the President of the United States going to war against an ally. And it's yes. not just that we went to war against an ally. We went to war in violation, I believe, of the Constitution. Um, because none of what the President did meets the War Powers Act. He didn't seek congressional permission. He acted on In fact, there was intent. Uh, mens rea comes in. I hate to use legal terms because I'm not a lawyer. But... Uh, you're using it correctly. Counselor. I'm trying to get to, to, to your <laughs> level, Judge. But mens rea, intent, you know, they specifically talked about how to avoid the constitutional reporting requirements, Correct. to bypass the Constitution. Correct. Um, so this is a frontal assault on the Constitution, a frontal assault on our allies, a frontal assault on NATO, a frontal assault on the American people. If you were ever going to pick an impeachable offense, this is it. And yet there is silence from Congress, silence from the media, silence from the American people. And now we cross the Atlantic, silence from Germany. I mean, what wow. kind of country do you have to be to be to have a report like this come out that without any doubt points the finger, not only at the United States, but Norway to engage in what is the an economic Pearl Harbor? This is a surprise attack on German critical energy infrastructure that seriously damaged the German economy in a way that not only benefited American foreign policy, but Norway's economy, because Norway was complicit. The next day after the, 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 the Nord Stream pipelines were blown up, Norway opened up a pipeline to send its own gas to Poland for resell to Germany. So they blew up the German energy supply, and now they're saying, here, buy our gas Wow, we're your friend. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just from a moral perspective, uh, it's reprehensible. I mean, Joe Biden single handedly visited cold winters on tens of millions of innocent, hardworking uh, Germans who heretofore, whose government heretofore, whose commercial activities heretofore had an amicable, fruitful, prosperous relationship uh, with uh Russian commercial activities. And now, because of Joe Biden's war, our cold in the winter, and God knows how long it would take to rebuild that uh, pipeline. And to President Putin's credit, haven't heard a peep out of him about this. Not, not well, a peep. Yeah. And you're well, quite correct about the Constitution. I happen to believe that the War Powers Resolution is itself unconstitutional. 
I think uh, so. because it unleashes the president and the Constitution that says only Congress can declare war. Congress basically gave the power to declare war to the president under limited circumstances with notification. Barack Obama, legal scholar that he is, when he bombed uh, Libya, used the intelligence assets. So technically, he didn't have to report. Um, uh, Joe Biden didn't do that. He used Navy SEALs, classic American military activity, and no report to the Congress. And not a peep, not out of Bernie Sanders, not out of Rand Paul, not out of anybody in the Congress who you'd expect, I happen to pick people at both ends of the political spectrum for a reason, would be furious at this. Yeah, no, I, I, hopefully the American people wake up and uh, and put pressure on their elected representatives to um, to do something about this. Um, you know, well, you know, um, that's interesting about the CIA perspective um, and the uh, intelligence with regard to Libya. And what I would say to that is I think this operation, this operation that we're experiencing in Ukraine is has very little to do with the Pentagon and the Department of Defense. And it has everything to do with the CIA and the State Department. Look at how many uh, statements Victoria Nuland has stated on this. She's like front and center on this. She is the expert, pseudo, so-called expert. You know, just look at um, her exchange with David Pyatt. Right. The uh, guy where she said in 2014 she was going to pick and choose leadership in Ukraine. So she, you know, and then and then you um, Maria uh, Yovanovitch, uh, that basically our ambassador to Ukraine was a corrupt individual. George Kent was corrupt. Um, Bill Taylor had uh, was was also corrupt. Um, there was a lot of players that were involved in the U- impeachment f- aspect against Trump over Ukraine. They would rather throw out a Republican president that was going to disrupt their agenda, their money laundering agenda. You know, a lot of people got rich off of this energy uh, business in Ukraine. And the energy business was also being paid for by weaponry and black market systems, whether it's human trafficking, whether it's weapons. Um, There was a lot of prostitution and sex trafficking out of there. Um, but, But that's the smaller business. The bigger business extends all the way down to the Middle East. And it was basically oil for weapons and paying off mercenaries to protect oil distribution channels. And Russia was enemy number one. And you can go back for over a decade, 15 years. You could see Lindsey Graham, John McCain, systematically hated Putin. Ever since, you can go back almost all the way to Hillary Clinton, where she wanted to do the reset button as she's stabbing them in the back. Remember the reset button where she misspelled the reset button? Like she really put a lot of thought and care into that reset our relations button. Right? It was a smoke and mirrors. They would have misspelled that if they really cared. They misspelled that button. And so, you know, it's just one of these things where 
you gotta you gotta pay attention to to all the things that are being said. There's a reason why they hate Russia, and it was because of the Nord Stream business that was flowing in, and Russia was going to have a better relationship with NATO and Europe and Ukraine, and they blew it. Uh, I mean, Russia, and then they blew it up. Uh, let's take a listen to this quick thing, really, really quick here. Um, I got a couple of clips I wanted to play. Number one, uh, just a couple of, uh, as we're running out of time, Durbin Graham proposed Dream Act amnesty for nearly 2 million illegal aliens. Thought I should share that with you. Also, sudden infant death syndrome. Listen to this first clip right here. It's been the traditional denial thing that all the new things we see, I mean, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. I was in training 30 years ago when that term was introduced. And it's only way later when the data was analyzed carefully, you see almost all the SIDS happens the week after a vaccine. Like, I think it's 97 or 8%. It's it's not happening the week before a vaccine. So the cause and effect is clear. Now we have SADS. Once we had COVID vaccine, sudden adult death syndrome. Oh, they're just dropping dead. Have you seen images of people, soccer players, just bam, dead. Uh, we're seeing it more and more. It's amazing. So vaccines are not very safe is what this guy is saying. And... Um, uh, Oh, and this was a clip from Sting. <laughs> Sting gave a concert in Poland. Let's take a listen to this real quick. The war in the Ukraine is an absurdity based upon a lie. Wojna w Ukrainie to absurd zbudowany na kłamstwie. If we swallow that lie, the lie will eat us. Yes. Przełkniemy to kłamstwo. Ono nas zje. The lie is terrified of the truth. Ale kłamstwo panicznie boi się prawdy. The truth must be heard. Prawda musi zostać usłyszana. And we must not lose this battle. I nie możemy przegrać tej batalii. And then he goes and plays. <laughs> that was a pretty powerful statement, though, right? All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. Again, I want to wish uh, my dad and Joanne and Larry and Marge a great day today uh, for their birthday celebrations. And um, other than that, uh, be sure to check out magapack.org, magapack.org to uh, see how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again, please make a donation if you can. If you go to MyPillow.com, use Red State as your promo code because we get a little commission on that, and that helps us. So with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. A little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.